0: You are listening to Omnis Protocol. I am Charles, also known as Omnis, and I am here with Danny, the legend modesto. Danny, what's going on, man? I am so exhausted post-conventions, <laughs> but I am so excited it happened. I uh, I don't know if my, my voice is going to sound a little scratchy during this because I feel like, Danny, you and I, we were just like practically just talking to people nonstop for like four days. Yeah, it was just like uh, a nonstop parade of people I haven't seen in years. And so I just felt like around every corner was just someone to talk to. And I talk so much, my voice is sore. after like five days in it. Day. <laughs> and now we're recording. So I'm also like, let's record now. Cause if we get sick, it just gets harder to record. Yeah, it just goes downhill, right? Yeah. And I was like, well, on the off, cause I don't feel sick now. So let's hope that that just, uh, that just doesn't happen. Um, but man, yeah, also got to meet a lot of people that I'd not met before. I met like Red Sam for the first time. Pat Dunford was obviously in, um, Finally met Alex Bots and then he goes, you know, gets in, and takes second. Like, there was just a lot of sweet people to meet and I'll try to remember everyone as we go through the episode. Um, but man, where do you want to start? There's so much to cover with Adepticon. Where do you even start? Well, we got there early, right? And so we had some time to sort of just hang out, chat and stuff, which is always nice, right? Uh, to see you and Tyson. Yeah. Um, it's always good to hang out with friends, right? So like, that's like the first night I remember. And then I remember pizza yes <laughs> yeah we did we did pizza Thursday night, right, mm-hmm. or did we yes, yeah, that sounds right, yeah, we were just like, all right, well, let's get out before things get uh get too complicated um and yeah, now I'm trying to remember who all uh pizza was at um it was you me tyson Z- and, Zach, oh yeah, Zach, yeah um Zach's friend, I'm forgetting their name, cass, um uh, cass, yes. Yeah. Uh, what, what Did uh, did we steal Amon for that, too? I think Amon did come for us for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was... Yeah, that Amon was definitely there. He was sitting next to me. Yes. Too many meals, they're blurring together a little bit. Yeah. Because that was a conversation about pizza, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. and That was, that was good. That was uh, just getting pizza with, with the crew. Um, but, uh, okay. Well, let's talk about some of the stuff that we started seeing. So... Uh, you had never—I forget—you had not played Separation Anxiety before, or uh, you played I it like played once. I played it once, uh, after LV, or like just after LVO ended, essentially. Yes. Um. So it was obviously cool to bust that out with people. We also played that with one of the listeners, Big Al, and it was the first time that Vince had played Separation Anxiety. And so, I think I think he was a little out of sorts in the moment, because obviously it's, like, going from, like, hardcore competitive mode to, like, suddenly playing a, uh, playing something you've never played before, and, like, Big Al is playing Blob, and yeah. I was like, who the fuck has played against Blob? Nigel's in the background, like, I, I play Blob! Yeah, it's, like, just a um, goofy scenario, you know, it doesn't, the ending isn't necessarily people, someone running away with it, generally, it's, they become a, a target on their back, and everyone starts dying, right? Yeah. Uh, Right, because you can't let anyone get too far ahead, no matter how much you want to work together. Yeah. Um, so, in that, in the second time we, so the first time we played it, I tried uh, Daredevil, Criminals. I think I did. I think I did Daredevil, Ulick, and then Bullseye. And I was yeah. just like playing Criminals, and I was like, "Ooh, I have a grunt, so I got to grab an extra, um, grab an extra symbiote," and so that helped me score pretty quickly. Um, but I had more fun in the second game playing, I actually decided to play Weapon X and just played Logan X23, um, and then, uh, Psylocke. And it was just three characters who put out shit tons of murder. Yeah. I was unhappy both games because I was directly across from you. And so we like, <laughs> you were like, look at each other and I'm playing webs, right? So I'm playing Miles, Jess, and Voodoo. And it's like, the first game is Ulic Shadowlands sitting in front of me. I'm like, hmm, that doesn't seem great. I'm going to have to walk up and get punched by Ulic and see how this goes. Uh And the second game is like, Psylocke is standing there going like, hello, Miles, how are you doing today? <laughs> and Miles <laughs> wanting nothing to do with her. None of your team wanted anything to do with Psylocke. Yeah. Uh Like, she's really good. She's a great attacker and she can yeah. kill a lot of kickers. I know that was just like a fun game, but like there's been a part of me that's been thinking like, Playing those three characters together just feels like really efficient for their threat levels, and I'm like, what? I mean, obviously they're all X Men, right? So I could just like throw Storm in there and like add then then pick something else. And it is and it is a whole lot of murder, but then it's also like no long movers and no 50 millimeter bases, and so like the other spot kind of needs to help, um, kind of needs to help that. But I was like, well, what else? is there anywhere else that I can play that? I was like, do I want to play Weapon X? Not really. Um, but, um. I mean, there is, in fact, X-Force. So you don't have to be picking up Logan. Uh, yeah, uh, X-Force, I have to play cable. Yeah. Okay, hey, <laughs> that gets you into points. Yes. Um, but, don't know if that's happening. Okay. Yes. Um, probably convincing these days. Yeah, maybe. You can go back to your, your home. Um, but it's, it's cool. I keep listening to rogue agents every week and his, and desert type on X-Force is a little, is a little intoxicating, but, um, yeah, outside of, outside of the separation anxiety games, I played, uh, one game with X-Men, um, against, um, on a super cool AMG staffer, um, Dursum, um, but. Well, holy shit! Did that that? It was weird because last Adepticon, I one of my few losses was playing its Brotherhood on Gamma, and Dursum got me on with Brotherhood on Gamma, and so I'm just like, all right, I'm sick of losing this matchup, and it was just one of those games where he was like taking that first activation, going all in with Magneto, and trying to take down X23, and just his first attack didn't do in that much. Um, and so then it was, like, Brace, um, Exceptional Healing, and then she lives, and then she kills Scarlet Witch, and then suddenly, like, his activation that round was, like, all it did was make me blow through cards, and then I would just, I think by the end of round two, I had dazed almost every single one of his characters. I think Sabretooth might not have gotten dazed that round. I'm not sure, but it was just, like, I remember looking over at one point, like, I think one character of mine got dazed, or maybe none at all, and, like, Every single character on his side was dazed. And then I think round three, I KO'd two of them. It was, uh, it was, it, it spiraled out of control for him very fast, but I was also testing some daredevil criminals and that went reasonably well. I got a game against Colin from Muse and Nigel from Muse, both super sweet dudes we knew from the War Machine community. They've been doing the Muse on Marvel cast. Um, and so, like, Colin was playing Cabal with, like, Ulick and, um, that sort of thing. And Nigel's also an X-Force fanboy. Um, so, well, Danny, what, what, did you end up playing this weekend? I played Tyson. I played Nigel. Um, I played a lot of Battle actually. It's not me, <laughs> It's <was> a ton <laughs> yes. of fun. I highly recommend. Um, so yeah, it was just a ton of side games and talking to people and just talking about the game sort of just like, you know, how excited people have been right like adepticon had a great showing like they the challenge event is 100 players and had 50 deep wait lists like that's crazy yeah, <laughs> yeah i was i really thought that it wasn't gonna cap in the end and nope yep like i'm glad because there's a couple people i almost considered like like man there's no way it's gonna be full like push come to shove like no like they were capped, capped, like full 128, like they had one extra row of tables for running like the OP kits and stuff. There was like basically every single one of their tables was, was certainly full. Um, but it was really cool to see professional casual network again. Um, they've been streaming so many conventions. Yeah, I mean, I, it's super exciting for them, right? The Royal Field events, I know it's, it's a lot, right? Going through this is a lot of talking, right? During the event, cause like they're there instead of like running around the convention and stuff, um, getting to play and everything, but like it's super awesome of them, right? Yeah. And I know Dallas hopped on the stream with them at one point as well. Yeah. So, um, I'm sure that was super hype for them and, and for the Twitch chat and whatnot. Um, well, let's, let's talk about the, well, let's talk about the team event for a minute. Um, so obviously, like, Deaton and, uh, DeLuca were able to take that one down. So that was super cool. Like, I know, um, DeLuca really enjoyed the team up event that he did at Warfare Weekend. And so I think he's now, like, 2-0 and o doing team up events. I mean, like, they're fun. You can get in and get together. It's like, brought your friends and really push through, like, uh, a whole event together. Yeah. Oh, and then defense. Gil and Norbert take second, and they were the ones who knocked me out, me and Chewy out last year. And so they've been second in the team event at Adepticon twice now. They have two team up second place medals. Uh I mean, it is one always great to see guys from you know across the ocean, but being able to do it twice in a row feels nice, Because right? like Norbert doesn't get to play as much right kind of the old days. So Yeah. It's always good to see, Like right? You still get it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and they had a ton of prize support from, from AMG. And they even like, this was the first event where they had, um, acrylic templates with kind of like, it wasn't like Marvel tagged, but like the range four is like red with like white and black webbing going across it. So it like looks like web line plus impact webbing sort of thing. Um, and so those are some super cool, um, super sweet templates and the impression that i got from the amg staff was that they were going to those will be available at other things in the future but that's going to remain kind of an exclusive thing that like each convention or something that they're involved with there may only be a few of those going out sporadically like it's not going. there's no it doesn't seem like there was ever going to be a thing where like everybody was going to have that yeah no, sure um yeah. and like the they're cool looking my only complaint is they're acrylic all the way through. Yeah. That it is hard to pick them up sometimes. They're yeah. they smooth, right? Um, but outside of that, I think are great. Yeah, I, I think they're super cool looking. I'm probably not going out of my way to get a set. I think, um, I don't know, there's something about I kind of want, like, the the feel and look of my movement templates to kind of match the range templates. But I know, like, Gil was super excited. I think Gil got a set. Yeah. And I think Amon was trying to, like, buy it off of him. (laughs) Um, we talking about cool stuff. There was the con-exclusive cards that we got a set of. Like, that was a lot of fun. Uh, oh, that's something we can talk about. We finally played, uh, uh, that Parker Luck. Yes. All right, well, let's finish up with some of the event stuff before we get over (laughs) to Parker Luck. But I do want to talk about that. Um... So, they did another pack of promos, like you were just saying. Yeah. Um, I don't think they were quite as cool as they were last year, but there was a couple, like, like, um, the, there's a couple of those cards that, uh. There's only that, two that matter to me. One is the All Whipped Up with, uh, Silk and Scarlet Spider. Two is Throg. Cause let's be serious, it's Throg. <laughs> it's so good. Ooh. Throg is not really in my wheelhouse, but I can see why, why that's important to some people. Um, and, uh yeah, the All Webbed Up is probably the coolest looking card. I did think it was weird that they grabbed the Lethal Protector art that's in the new Web Warriors box. But they did not grab the All Webbed Up from the new Web Warriors box. It's a different All Webbed Up. So there's now, like, five All Webbed Ups in the game or something like that. Yeah, um, spiders are the best. <laughs> Um, are you still, are, you, you were basically playing webs the whole time. Yeah. Um, do you still feel like you are all 100% in on the webbies? Uh, that is bonus episode content because we have lots of things to talk about actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, okay. Um, yeah, so let's go ahead and, uh, well, I want to talk about the tables for a minute because a lot of questions and stuff came up about the tables because there was, um, first, they call it, people were calling it like Murder World, like the pinball design, the pinball set yes. looking table. Um, and so, clarity for the listeners that is not any kind of official terrain. Um, that is something that is a 3D print that anybody can buy online. I forget which, um, 3D print store has that. Um, those mats I know were designed by Muse. I do not know if those are going, are going to be something that's up for sale later on. Um, but they do look super cool. Um, the Wakanda mat and the Danger Room mat were made by AMG, but the, when I was chatting with Dallas, he made those seem like, like they are going to be like kind of an AMG con mat. That is what they are made for. Um, not something that's going up for sale. Yeah. So. Um, but, uh, they were really cool to see, like, there was a ton of bunkers, there was, um, there was all sorts of cool terrain, bunch of Hydra terrain all over the place, got to play a few mats with, like, the Hydra tank as well, mm-hmm. um, Did you get see it, was, it was a nice mix. Terrain with, the uh, like, clear bases with, like, rocks floating in the air, like, they're on, like, a, either a strip planet or, like, an astral plane sort of thing going on. Yeah, that those they actually had last year as well. well I don't know, I wasn't there. I know, I'm just like filling in the gaps for the listeners and such. Yeah. Um, that was something that I was kind of like, okay, well, we have this Dormammu terrain. Um, and then like made something to go with it essentially. Yeah. Um, on that note, they gave away both like a Dormammu box and a Hydro tank box to like all of the VIP badge people. Yeah, that so was So there was great. a ton of Dormammus and tanks around. And what I found really interesting. Is it seemed like it was super easy to pick up Hydra tanks afterwards, but I ne I very rarely saw people trying to sell Dormammu's, which made me think that people were taking those Dormammu's just to like paint fucking Dormammus. Yeah, I mean, like it is a cool model. It was a cool set and everything. He, like he does look impressive as, as a stand. Yes, I I really enjoyed painting him. I kind of I kind of wish there was I kind of wish I was more encouraged to play him. Well, um, like those big pieces look cool. Uh, like, personally, I have Hulkbuster, and I still have assembled them, because it's just like, I know it's going to take a while to get through it, because then once I do that, I'm forced to have to paint it, and it's just going to take so much time. Don't be wrong; it'll look nice at the end, but just starting projects can be hard sometimes. Yes. I was, I was super excited when I was working on, uh, Hulkbuster. Um... Okay, well, I think that covers most of that stuff. They did, they gave out a ton of boxes, like, there was some Weapon X, at least one Weapon X box that got handed out, and just a ton of random, like, uh, various expansion packs and stuff, like, tons of stuff was given out. Oh, AMG yeah. threw a huge amount of support behind the event. After the Challenger event, like, just the amount, ima- sorry, uh, Sunday, right? When they were uh, handing out um, to all the prize support and everything, like, it was crazy how long it was. <laughs> it was a lot of stuff um, um, Like so long that we were able to walk away and start a game We'd be Part of the way through it before they were done <laughs> like It was actually crazy <laughs> There was so much um, Okay, well let's talk about The, the Parker Luck um, Scenario, scenario yeah. pack what, what, what were your thoughts on it, Mandy? Uh It is very much A um, Push and pull scenario where Peter's whole Job is to try to score points by Knocking characters with cameras around uh the citizens moving around, right, is very interesting. They can pull them in multiple directions, multiple places to dunk them in. But like the, it very much encourages you to be in the fight. Um and, and trying to get through people. What was interesting is that like Peter has to fight, right, to get some of these VPs because he can't score like he can't score out on people. Like his only option here is to fight it out. Uh which depending on who he's fighting cannot go well. Um uh, yeah so you ended up playing you played Peter yep. but you were playing Miles okay. um and then um I was playing uh I played I played criminals no cuz we were all playing spider foes so I think yeah. I I ended up just playing Bill Lizard and Black Cat someone else no Black Cat yeah. was on the, the other side it was Tyson was playing this with us, right? Yeah, he was. Cause I remember seeing yeah. Black Cat. I remember seeing, um, Mystique. Had Black Cat, Mystique, and Apex. And I had Bill, Lizard, and I want to say it was another, another three. Um, God, I don't remember who it was off the top of my head. Um, but I knew, it, oh, it was Beast. Beast. It, it was, was Beast. another like was fast, fast dude who could throw. And what we found in that one, was having just, like, a lot of, like, reasonably hard characters to take down and lots of ways to throw miles away from the guys he's trying to protect. And characters who generate two powers so they can reliably use... Because you get a special spider foes leadership where you're trying to, like, scare... So the whole point is you're trying to scare the civilians towards the explosives. Yeah. And, like, the con goers, and and Miles is trying to protect them and take pictures of him beating up the baddies. And, um, it, in our game, you got a couple of dazes with the camera pretty quick. Um, yeah, I beat up me, you know. Black Cat, I was beating up Mystique, I was throwing Mystique into Black Cat, throwing Black Cat in, but, like, his throw is throw towards, so to angle it, so, like, multiple characters are knocked into each other. Um, It just came to a point where like Bill could just throw Peter, and I couldn't really hurt Bill. I couldn't really hurt Beast all that well. Uh, like five dice versus four dice. Uh, maybe six dice, but like I'm only doing one or two damage, and I'm not generating enough power to kind of keep the train going. So it really depends on what you're fighting and being able to like throw it away. Uh, because you guys could just punch me once, maybe do a damage, toss me away, move the character. And I'm like, okay, and you move a character again. I'm like, oh, that's. Yeah, it was, we were. Yeah, it's, I think it's, if you build a team for it and you have like multiple characters who generate multiple power and multiple ways to throw Miles, because if Miles is near the civilians, near the congoers, yeah. you can't use those special abilities to move them. So you gotta like deal with Peter. Um, but the problem was, it was just like, every activation we were just like, throw throw miles away from the con goers and then we you know then we start moving them around and like yeah it just went super fast but uh i did hear other people said they tried it and like somebody was playing grunts and like miles was getting vps for killing grunts and like he just burned through the the foes really fast and scored out super quick um so I think if you if you bring some of the more fragile characters that that can certainly happen. Well, the other thing is that when you up the because we played on normal so we weren't sure yeah. you know how they gave it that getting free cameras like that was the other thing is like putting cameras like you want to put cameras out at good places so they capture a lot of the field for fighting but the terrain the cameras on can be destroyed if the camera goes away so you don't want it too close necessarily or someone's just going to toss the vehicle away and it takes a power to do so and even though it's not interacts you're you're having to move to place them again. So if they start destroying terrain or tossing around, you have less and less places to put cameras. Yeah. Could be a problem if you're just playing against Magneto and you just start yes. throwing all the terrain on the table. Like, could could get awkward. Yeah. Um, so. And so it got awkward, like, trying to move to place cameras to, like, cutting back to fight. but then I'm, like, losing action. So it's like, okay, one attack. It's like, ah, it's, it's all right. But anyway, it was, it was cool. Um, it was uh, it was fun to at least try it. Um, we left the, uh, the, the actual pack with Tyson in case, you know, we wanted to like save it for, um, you know, let people play it at LVO, that sort of thing. Um, that was also fun. Just like hanging out with Tyson while we weren't at LVO. We still ended up like talking strategy about next LVO a lot. Um, uh, yeah, I, the one thing I'll say that they had that we, that wasn't at LVO was, you know, just having the op kits, like right? having uh, some of them play through and have it more organized. Because I think if people are interested in them. It's just you know, saving this time aside to, to doing so. Yeah, for sure. Um, but we'll see. We have a better contact now, I think, for with AMG. So maybe we'll be able to get some of those op kits this next time around. Right. Um, uh, and just for listeners, we were able to we pay we paid it for the event to play the uh, op kit. You got to keep the kit. Which is why I went to Titan. You get one for however many players, but, uh, obviously since we know each other. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, bro. Yeah. Take it. Um, okay. Well, let's talk about the Challenger event. Yes. So, um, is there anything before we get to the top eight? Is there anything that you want to talk about? Obviously, 120, 128 people is at least the biggest single event in the U.S. I'm not sure if the U.K. has had one bigger. Obviously, TTS has had a larger. Event, but one hundred twenty eight people is a fucking lot. Like uh, she our had, LCQ at LVO is not that big. Yeah, especially live right seeing that many players, yeah. that many tables going at once. Like the whole air venue was filled up at once, basically. And there's just so many games just happening. Uh, like at any given time, it was just insane. There was a strangely small amount of Avengers. What's your take on that? Like, uh, yeah. They just have really fallen off the, the board for some reason. Um, like, I don't, nothing really changed about them since so yeah. the scenario change. I mean, I guess you could tie it to scenarios changing is that they've just kind of, like, become, I don't know, less oppressive, I guess. Right. Like, well, I'm wondering how much it is that just people are just kind of bored of them. Is, like, do you think it's that? Because they still feel like they're good. Yeah, I mean, Sam's still good. Steve's still good in this world. Yeah. Um. I mean, Steve did not do well at LVO, but Sam did fine. Um, I mean, uh uh it was half Avengers at going into the finals, but then yeah, we just there was just so little of that. That was a, that was a little surprising. Um and the Brotherhood success was considerably further down than I would have expected. Um what do you have any thoughts on why there wasn't more Brotherhood? Uh I mean I guess it's the, the advent of like big boy meta, right? As we kinda of get to like Malchus still eats things. Um he can just as well he can still kill Hulks. And so this like mystique, you know, Hulk juggernaut. list like it is scary, right? And he can push out, but it doesn't have a lot of punching power. Outside of Hulk itself. Do you think it's a little bit of like, okay, well you gotta have like you're gonna play Magneto in the central stuff but if, like, the other teams are better at, like, is it that Brotherhood is not as good as Guardians and, um you know, Cabal at, like, the down the middle, you know? And then they've also got Shield to potentially contend with as well. Is it just that you don't feel like they stack up in those situations well enough? Well, I just feel like they want to score a lot of points early and sort of just back up. Right And like bully people off points, but if they get burned down too quickly, it starts falling apart very fast, right, like they use a lot of tax cards, and once they start going down or they start going down too quickly, like you start running the problems very quickly. totally Sarah. all right, well, anything else that you wanted to mention before we start talking about the top eight? uh no, not off the bat uh, I mean, I'm always okay. excited about a for those get top eight. <laughs> yeah, so, um, one of the interesting things, obviously, so with the challenger format, like, you do actually have a dice down moment, um, and so there was two different games where both players were undefeated, um, at the start of the game, but then, uh Dice Down gets called at a point they finish the round and it's a tie like we've all been in that game right where it's like okay end of round 4 both players have 15 points or both players have 16 points or both players have 17 points or whatever Um and so there was a total of 4 different players who all ended up 3-0 and 1 yeah this is and, so interesting right <laughs> because uh, it's not common that occurs Yes, like, on the, you don't really have that happen. Like, for LVO, we specifically were not going to let anything go to a tie in the Invitational. We had enough tiebreakers, like, you know, one way or another. Like, even if something tied on, on VPs, we were going to decide a winner, and we had a whole, like, list that you go down. So this was probably just a little bit different for some people. Um But then the, the breakdown, obviously, there was... Three total Guardians players. I think Pat was the only one who had Thanos in the roster, if I recall. Um, and then there was two X-Men players. And then there was, uh, two Cabal. One of them with, uh, that could also do Hydra. And then there was a Spider Foes. Um, what am I missing? I feel like I forgot something. Uh, Three Guardians. The X-Men? Two, uh, nope. Okay. I got them all. No, that was all eight. So, um, there was actually a bunch of spider foes that were like three in one. Um, and so just overall really cool there. Cool to see foes do well. And then, uh, man, you get to the top four and like, it's just like four all-star players, right? You got Brett Fogel out of Texas, who is top tier war machine player, just a very consistent, strong player playing X-Men. And then you have Nate, who's been just a fantastic X-Men player. Uh, and then you have Pat playing Guardians Thanos. And uh, and then you also have um, uh, Alex Bots playing the cat and dog um, uh, Cabal roster. Yeah. Uh, it was so spicy. So many oh. spicy roles. It's so many spicy games <laughs> to watch. So just, just thinking about the teams, what are your thoughts on that top four? Uh, I mean, I think it successfully proves that x-men got it right and that they can still make it even though they weren't quite what people expected of i think it's just you know practice and getting matchups you want right and that's how any even is yeah and uh i didn't see a whole lot of like Silock or emma but i think just like how people you know how they prepared what matchups they get um but x-men you know, as you said, you know, even though they were not quite as dominant as we kind of expect them to be at LVO, I wouldn't count them out for sure. They just have, uh, a phenomenal team. And I, I still think we're going to start seeing some variation on it. And like, okay, like what is, what is the plan to deal with some of these other big boys? Uh, um, yeah, I think it's like a split. There's like so many more X-Men, uh, that are available now than there were like a year ago. So, you should have so many more options in terms of like, how you want to approach even building lists. Well, there actually is, like, the only X-Men that's, I guess, it's, guess there's three, right? There's low the only three new X-Men are Logan, um, Emma. Logan, Emma, and Suck. Psylocke. Yeah. And Logan, obviously, is a hu- hugely impactful character. Um, it's hard to tell how much Emma and Psylocke are going to be. Uh, affecting X-Men or not, but it's I mean, something I plan to experiment with. Yeah, we were of talking earlier about the, the advent of Logan and uh X-Way 3, like, just having a situation where you absolutely can't just be smelly to murder everyone, because there aren't a lot of characters that can stand up to Logan, X-Way 3, and Psylocke. Yeah, it's it's a lot, and I think I really feel like there's, there's bound to be some X-Men, because, like, I don't think X Men, like just by default, you're just playing like a bunch of different X Men, right? Are gonna just win the the E fight that consistently. Like it's probably fine. But Did it's you? still gonna be tough. Um but I feel like they could win a lot of battles on like D's and stuff. So like I've been playing Extremist Console, um I think I think it's something that um maybe something that X-Men players should experiment with. The weird thing is is like usually D's attract like the web warriors player, right? And not the I want to fight player. And X-Men I think they can fight, but they want to fight in those spread out situations and there hasn't been a lot of players who really want have wanted to explore that um and I think that's still something that we could be looking at. But we're not just talking about X Men today, so yeah, <laughs> I'll not drag that one on too long. Uh, I mean, um, the more extrapolated version of that argument is that if you're fighting E's or C's, there's some team who are just better at the fighting part of it, like your Theos Guardians, like your Cabal Malikas, right? Who are just good at doing that straight fight. And so, unless you have a specific plan for fighting those teams, you should not be doing those fights. <laughs> Um, I do think it's interesting. I think X, I think there's probably some X-Men teams who want to play on the E's. I'm just not 100% sure what those should look like. And I think that's, there's some space there to explore. I just think it's not going to be all, it's not going to be just X-Men. Yeah. You know, that's where you're looking at like some key splashes. I know Brett Fogel was, he actually had Thanos in his roster. He didn't feel like he needed two restricted cards. I think he had like Space Mind Thanos. And so there's some of that, like, pull people in for the, for the death and whatnot. Um, but, okay, well, let's talk about cat and dog, Alex Bot's roster. The, like, lockjaw, malakith, advanced R&D, uh, Malik is in your face. What, what is your thoughts on this? I am so glad I'm not playing cabal right now. Not because I think it's bad, but because I would just be murdering the world. <laughs> uh and it's really it's like uh red skull is so good especially yeah. for cabal because the grunts really fixed the one problem cabal had which was who's babysitting the back point like who's standing around and wants to die but so you have to sacrifice someone every once in a while it's like okay dummies go ahead like you get shot it doesn't matter you stand over here now and it just keeps you from having point deltas get too far and that other character if that would have been babysitting the back can now do something else, right? Like, your your Mystique isn't sitting back there, your Zemo is sitting back there, like, it just frees you up to dive further in. Lockjaw doesn't have to sit in the back. High Troopers are. Lockjaw can run around, um, and dimensional bloodhounding people and throwing stuff. Yeah, true. It's scary, like, I think this is a thing that, like, picks on, still picks on, like, a huge amount of the meta. Like, it, obviously, it ends up losing two Guardians with Thanos because, you know, with Thanos constantly being able to like move Red Skull out of position, like he got teleported to the other side of a truck, which is super awkward for him. He, like he can't even see characters. Um, that's a, that's a tough spot for him. And then, you know, just the, the way that it's an efficient thing, but. It also has to, like, you know, there's the difference of, like, Thanos getting to move himself, right, and then make attacks, whereas Malekith is also, like, being put up there, and in the finals he gets, I think he had a call to storm or whatever from Bill to his face, so he was shocked before he activated, right? Um, Just, like, you know. Scary things can happen when the opposing has ways to mitigate it, right? Like, staggers is bad for Malekith, like, there's a way to slow him down and put him at a disadvantage, but, like, if you don't have a specific setup for dealing with, like, two heavy hitters, like, Red Skull is dangerous, right? As well is extremely dangerous. Uh, but Red Skull outside of X-Men doesn't have the action economy that Red Skull, uh, and Cabal does. Uh, sorry, the other way around. Yeah. The uh, yeah. X-Men, uh, Red Skull is just so much more nimble that he's in your face where, uh, if Malekith fails to date someone, the Red Skull doesn't get moved up, in which case Red Skull's potentially out of position if he gets thrown. So it's yep. just much dicier. and as we saw like Malkith can fail if you spend tactics cards cuz that's what they're there for. Um yeah, I think it's I think this roster will probably catch like catch some um start catching some steam with players and will be something that we'll see more of. I might try it out just to like see what it's like playing it cuz obviously you have to make some really specific maneuvers. I just did my lockjaw kind of, uh, a re-sculpt, and, um, my mouth just looks pretty cool, so, um, it'd be something I'm at least willing to experiment with, but I also fucking hate playing Researcher, and that's something that that list, it it definitely kind of preys on Researcher in in most situations. Yeah, like, forcing the fight, forcing you into their game plan, which is Murder City, is just never good. Yeah. Um, okay, well, Guardians, Thanos... Uh, back on top in a lot of people's minds, it has not gone away. It never really went away. Um, I kind of wondered when Pat was started experimenting with like Avengers Thanos, like if he felt like um, it wasn't as good a place. But uh, obviously, Bill giving that roster a different fourth threat for those central fights, like I think that that matchup in particular seemed like Bill really helped him out, and being able to have Bill instead of Gamora. For that situation ended up just like making that kind of, kind of rough for Alex because Bill's a tanky boy. Yeah. Bill being able to throw Malakith hurts a lot too. Um, because yep. while Malakith can charge a ferocity in, right, like the less power you're spending up front is better because you could then be spending on skulls. Um I don't know how much we want to talk about this exact roster. Yeah. But like it's interesting, right? Because um we one of the games that we watched, I think it was actually it was Thursday, right? Where like shortly after we got to the con, we were watching um we were watching Vince and Pat play. And it was I think Pat was playing Cabal because it was the affiliation battle. Yeah. And Vince was playing Shield and shield i mean there was a couple of roles that could have probably changed that game but vince kept control of the situation and like had this you know was able to take apart the 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 big boy team and but like in um in the uh uh, in the challenger he he went down to uh an x-men player at some point and so then shield's out and that's kind of good for the the thanos and the the malekith players where if more people were playing shield and less people were playing x-men that's maybe worse for them yeah and that's sort of what people have to remember about events is that there's no way to determine how things are going to go because there are just situations like matchups that aren't like that just even if they're slightly not in your favor if, if you fail right uh it changes the dynamics of like the top sixty four and the top thirty two. And you keep going like, oh, there's no more shields. Okay. It is murder time. Right? Like, yep. the, the Guardians player like hasn't faced me yet. Like I'm fine. You're just rolling through. Uh and you just don't hit your you know, your bad matchup. It it happens. So I feel like we are and part of this has to do with just which games we ended up watching and finding really interesting. But the four affiliations that are kind of just high on my mind at the moment are guardians cabal X men and shield um and maybe it's just because I didn't see something do something particularly interesting with Avengers or particularly interesting with Brotherhood, and those two are still both great, but do you feel like we're we're sliding into like top four is? Guardians, Cabal, X-Men, and S.H.I.E.L.D., not necessarily in that order, but those rough four, kind of like, the, the, the biggies of the meta right now? I mean, yes, and no, because releases always change things, right? And how the damn things would go, and like, every couple months, something else comes out, and it just sort of changes the landscape. I mean, are those bogeymen? Absolutely. I don't think Thanos Guardians is ever gonna be bad at this point. Um, we've nerfed Thanos multiple times. So, it's just, and it's been yeah. as scary as and it has been. It hasn't really been nerfed. It yeah. just restricted some gems. Sure. Um, now, has been nerfed like three times. So, I think also this, uh, scenarios are just good for them. Like, they're they're generically good on a lot of scenarios. That's probably true. Yeah. Um, and Thanos just has, like, the switch between fighting or just control. So, you never quite know which version of Thanos they're gonna be in any particular turn. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, you know, I, I I almost wanted to argue that I realized what you actually meant. Yeah. No, I just agree with you. Yeah, it's like the problem is it's like that Guardians team can just switch to like you don't really get to score points. And like a certain key character that can potentially counter things just doesn't really play the game. And you're like, I feel like a lot of people fall into the trap of like, oh, well, if I don't play tall, they get to just murder something right away. And I think the key is, like, so, if, if R were gonna sit down and, like, talk about the roster with bots, I think the thing that backfired on him is that he didn't really play that many defensive tactics cards, right? Yeah. He, um, he had, I, I don't know what his other, um, restricted was past advanced R&D, if it was Brace or whatnot, but I mean, if he had had, access to sacrifice right he was playing fallback but he did not have recalibration matrix right um and i think for other lists right like when i had magneto lay into me it was exceptional healing that keeps me going and so i think one of the keys for the meta is is going to be how you manage your defensive cards right we're like patch up can be better in the the situations where you're playing a lot of like threes and fours versus each other, or you end up where you have Hulk, right? And you, it's really unlikely that he's going to get one rounded. And so you can kind of like top him off in a, in a big way. But if you need to be able to nullify that key round one activation, especially big boy versus big boy, what sort of things can you do? Can you sacrifice? Can you recal? Can you fall back? Can you exceptional healing? Like, what are what are all the things? Like, can you Odin's blessing? Like if you're playing Asgard, right? I think all of those things are going to be really important. Like how can you stop that opening big activation from just wrecking your face? Um, the other card he had was following. Oh yeah, so he wasn't playing any sort of protection. No. Oh, then attack there. Yeah, and uh, so I wonder. I wonder if that's right. Like it, honestly, I kind of feel like if I were going to start playing that. Right, and I was also concerned about playing against Guardians Thanos. Like, I wonder if I lean more on the defensive stuff rather than just like I'm gonna just go all out and super murder you, but sometimes I might be on the back foot, right, where I've gotta take a Thanos activation to the face. Yeah. Um the one defense card he does have was no, actually He did I think no. he had I, fallback. Um I thought he had um uh, It's probably monologue, but had, uh, Yeah yeah, it's just fallback. Um yeah. which is helpful, but you are being attacked that situation, which cannot go well uh if you happen to get yeah. spiked, and you still take the the front pacing part of it hmm. so uh, it is obviously I have midnight phantasmagoria, right? yes, so you get the push and the heal, but in a in a tall matchup, they didn't really do much for him, right, like pushing Star Lord back short doesn't matter. pushing Thanos away short when he's in range two doesn't super matter. Because he can just like place himself kind of back within range practically, um, and then he's only healing back two as opposed to when you're fighting a rock like a list with like five guys, and so I wonder for that if the if the key I wonder just like if he was playing as many defensive cards as Pat like because he didn't I don't think he got a chance to play Dark Rain uh, um, or maybe he did like after we stopped watching yeah um, I mean what are the the that match was amazing to watch, uh, and absolutely recommend that you watch it on uh, official casual. Um, but like, uh, the key turning points was just that Bots tries to lay into Pat's Guardians, right, and just can't get the damage through because he's playing all his defensive cards. And he just can't, he just doesn't get the round two, uh, the round three to go his way. And the game just completely flips out his head. Because Malakith, that couldn't daze a character means Red Skull couldn't move. He's not standing there. And Now he's activated. It's like okay. Well, to be clear, he still dazed Star Lord. He one shots yes. Star Lord, then he one shots Thanos. <laughs> but but gets recalled, and then goes from nine damage to zero. Yeah. But even still, like uh even if it just changed to like five damage, it would have killed Thanos, yeah. right? And from that point forward, it's like that's the thing about tallest is that each activation matters so much, and so that's why staggers her. That's why any, like dis- like they don't have weight to the undisplace themselves like uh, Red Skull they get stuck in a position of going, this is bad, right? Because if I'm not attacking twice and knocking out characters, the uh, activation differential is just going to keep accelerating. Yeah. and I was trying to think, but like Cabal does not have any like defensive characters. Like, they don't have a uh, they don't have a lethal protector or a heroes for hire character. Like, they have none, right? I can't think of a single... I guess they have like Scourge who could do the... He can taunt? Yes, he can taunt yeah um i wonder i wonder if it would end up being worthwhile like maybe in that roster where you potentially play um i don't know maybe maybe scourge and bullseye or something instead of Red Skull, when you have to play the the, the, the big bulky matchup, because he ended up having to like activate Malekith before Thanos went. Yep. which feels right? good. And then, yeah, and so he still got to take a beating from Thanos round one anyway, and then um, just couldn't, you know, couldn't get enough out of that opening activation to take down Thanos. So um, I don't know, still a really cool roster, and I think it's going to wreck a lot of people, but I think. I think this is some of the subtlety of specific game plans um that are, that are going to come in. And honestly, looking at the, those games really made me think, I'm like, man, do I need to be playing like an Angela Medusa roster where just like people just don't get a re-roll? Yeah, it's just, Angela's so best for me. Sometimes she's like a god on earth and other times like nothing happens. Um, all right, man. Well, uh, anything else about, um, AdeptCon that you want to mention? Obviously, like, Hank, the guy who runs the whole thing, was just fucking great. Like, he's always, he's always a blast. Um, saw him off and on throughout the whole event, working his ass off. And, I mean, there's tons of staff doing just a lot of great work. Um, so, uh, I mean, I know there's, I feel like there's like a million people I want to shout out. I would say, like, I do have a couple comments, um, for things okay. I would like to see in the future. Um, I and, like, one of them is I wish there was more, like, room for scramblers and other events going on. Um, because every day seemed to be kind of dominated by the big event. And then there wasn't a lot of table space necessary to play all the time. So, um, like, that could be a little different, but to be fair, like, they took up a lot of the space overall for AMG. So, um, that's kind of, like, up and down. But, like, it would just be nice to have other things going on throughout the day, because Con Hall didn't actually close till later. Um, so it was just nice to be able to go out and do stuff. Yeah, it was hard to get in other games, but like not quite as bad on Friday because there was like kind of the middle section was we we got some games in, but like Saturday, like they they fill up on space and they still had a bunch more. They had, obviously there's like a 50 person wait list after all of that. Um, so you had somewhere in the range of like 50 to another hundred people wanting to play MCP and not being space for it, so. Hopefully that means that, uh, next year, um, there will be more space and, you know, more MCP players. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think they've definitely grown a lot. Um, and I think it just shows like the, the, the rate of adoption for MCP is amazing right now. And so many people are playing into it. And I think that's one of the costs actually of the Challenger event is that a lot of people played, right? A lot of people that made it. It's like top 16, top eight weren't, weren't were just all big names, all podcasters, right? So you had a lot of people going in there that did very well for themselves. They should be proud of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the Worthy competition was super cool. We hadn't even mentioned that oh, yeah. um, um I think it was Jonathan Ho who um, took the whole thing. I think he won best in every category and, and takes home the uh, 30-pound Odin. Um, that's sick but his his shit all looked good and it was really cool off and on just like seeing dallas and a lot of the other painters too all talking with each other and like talking about you know ways to improve different stuff um and so that was that was just really cool to see for like the painting community to have such a like a big thing to come together yeah um we didn't really talk about the feliation battle um which Kirchhoff did win uh yes yes. shield Uh, and so like and uh, that breakout affiliation is also super different um, than the Challenger event I mean, by nature of how the event goes but I like, got that was actually super cool. yeah there's a lot of you know cause like X-Men Brotherhood, Avengers, Cabal um, S.H.I.E.L.D. There, there's just a Guardians there's a bunch of teams now that feel like they're building really kind of full complete interesting teams in affiliation battle. Criminals, too. Like, Criminals don't necessarily need splashes. Yeah, I mean, I think Criminals have just gotten a payday, right, in terms <laughs> of who they can now, out, right? Like, a yeah. back-to-back combo, right? Because I thought, like, the one thing Criminals weren't super great at was being fast. And those two characters are flying around the board. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, Danny, I think we got to save some time for the bonus episode. So, anything you wanted to say before we close up shop? Uh, I just wanted to say thank you to Nate and crew for running the events. It was very smooth. Super excited to to see you guys do it again next year. Mike, Tim, yeah. Nate, Charles. There's a bunch of guys. Not me, Charles. The other Charles. The other Charles, um, right? Like well, it's also super sweet. Interesting. To see from the side of events again. It's like, oh man, everyone else doing all this stuff. I had to be careful a couple times I was standing by games like I remember one point I was watching uh, Chiriboga's game and then all of a sudden you know someone was using No More Mutants next to me wrong and I'm like uh, I'm gonna wait until after they're done with this and they decided not to play it and I was like by the way uh, No More Mutants does not remove the action for like a charge I, like, and I see that come up a lot. There's still a lot of, a lot of little subtlety to some rules that, um, the, the cube, cause we honestly, we still haven't had like that many big in-person events. So, no, I think yes, this last year into this year, right? There's probably what, like seven or eight big, big events. That's a big, like, you know, six, route six no. four or so. No. Um, and speaking of people, also got to meet Deaton. I hadn't actually met Deaton before this event. So that was super sweet. I'm glad he came out. Um, and then obviously got to see, like, Sooner again, and DeLuca again, um, Chewy again, uh, Norbert is always great to see, um, oh, and then, like, uh, Big Al, listener, yeah. came up and, like, played Separation Anxiety and stuff with us, that was super fun. Uh, like I mentioned, we saw Zach, saw Vince, saw so yeah. Nate. You know, just a ton, a ton of people got to talk, hang out. Yeah. You know, you know, Pat, back, yeah. To the, back, back of the box champion. Uh, you know, just killing it. Got to, uh, have lunch with them, which is super awesome. Sweet dudes. Yeah. Uh, so I guess for listeners, you know, I hope you can make it out some events, uh, sometime in the future. And, you know, I hope you have a great time. Please, you know, VC or, or any of us out there, just come talk. Yep. We gave a lot, a lot of the OP sport trackers. Yeah. Like, um, I wanna say at least like seventy-five or hundred of them went out. Yeah. So that was that was awesome. I just keep trying to <laughs> uh, yep. So listeners gonna close out the primary episode here and say the most OP thing that you can do is go to Adepticon next year.